0: This is Simplistic Sit-Down.
1: When you see someone change in front of you, and you know there's no going back.
2: It scares me to death.
0: No one's been here in months
2: beautiful.
0: I love you, you know. I love you, too. Anyone need a refill? Yes, please. <laughs> Have you seen this out here before? It's in the trees.
1: It's all over.
0: Something in the air.
1: I felt a little lightheaded before. I feel good.
0: It's like I was knocked out. you i can't remember mr turner miss turner where's mr turner
1: it is so nice out today from the water. I can feel it inside. What is it? (sighs)
2: Stuart with the Simplistic Reviews podcast, and have another fantastic simplistic interview coming at you guys. And this is for a recent film that I just uh, reviewed not too long ago on the site. Um, the film is called The Beach House. And I have two extremely special guests who were kind enough to give me their time and money and everything else that I uh, asked them that, well, maybe not money, but you know, at least their time, but time is money in these days. So <laughs> I have, uh, the director of the beach house, I have uh, Jeff Brown, and I also have the producer. I have Tyler Davidson on the uh, show with me today. Thank you guys for coming on and hanging out with me for a little bit for this interview.
1: Thanks for having us. It's yeah, going to be for a sure. fun. Thank you. Yeah.
2: So, um, I'll jump right into it. just give, give me give me a little background on you guys. Um, I know Jeff, this is your like directorial debut, if you will, feature directorial debut and uh, just want to kind of get an idea of your background and you know just tell the tell the, tell, tell the adoring public a little bit about yourself and then Tyler let you jump in as you see fit of course uh,
0: I, I grew up in the Midwest and then I, I moved to New York to go to film school, so I'm, I'm a film school. Product, Um, But then I worked in production for about 20 years. Uh, And then in between, it's a freelance gig, so in between um, production gigs, I would write scripts. uh, And Beach House is something that I had written a a while ago, and it was kind of uh, conceived from the kind of production, the minimalist nature of it. And then um, I was meeting with Sophia Lin, one of our other producers, uh, probably as far back as 2011, when we first kind of had the kernel of the idea to try to make a movie, and then over time, I think I think we hooked up with Tyler around 2016, if, if my memory is right. Um, I made a short in between the first meeting and uh, you know getting the project to Tyler's company, and um, the short premiered at Fantastic Fest in 2013, and so that really. Before that, we were kind of—it's really, really hard to get a, a project together based on script alone. So the short, I think, really helped with proof of concept. And then uh, I was familiar with Tyler's movies. I'm—I'm a—I was a fan of a lot of his films. And, and when he was a, when he kind of you know got on board, he really made the movie uh, happen. And uh, our you know our sensibilities in terms of science fiction and, and horror are you know pretty aligned. And and you know the rest is kind of history. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah that's that's right so this is tyler i i am also from the midwest jeff's from indiana right and Correct. i'm from ohio <laughs> we have that in common but i've been producing uh my whole career since i graduated uh undergrad at university of virginia i just had an opportunity to to dive into a a feature and sort of learn on the job um Years later, I connected with Sophia Lin, the other producer that Jeff referenced,
0: Mm -hmm. on
1: Take Shelter. And uh, shortly thereafter, I was introduced to this project and and Jeff. And, um, you know, we were off to the races. I was a big fan of the script.
2: Now, with with The Beach House, I mean, it's definitely, it's horror. Are you guys, were you guys always interested in the horror genre or have you kind of, did you kind of, what what are your first, I guess kind of diving back into the history a little bit? What are your early memories of horror or what got you in, like just what influenced you in a lot of ways to wanna to be a genre like get into the genre, I guess?
0: Uh I'll I'll go first. I mean, <laughs> I was always a horror fan. I never I kind of I thought everybody was, which is kinda of weird. <laughs> it is kinda
2: of weird when it's like you don't like horror? I'm like, oh, Yeah, I, I, don't I like I, I it I anymore. I was always
0: <laughs> I was always a little like that. I kind of strayed from horror a bit. I think film school actually kind of knocked me out of orbit in, in, a long, you know, in a weird way where I kind of wanted to get a little bit artier. And then I realized that kind of my heart and really where my interest lies was really back in, in atmospheric horror films. And, and it's what I kind of gravitate towards when I'm just putting something on. I, I, wa- I love watching contemporary horror. Hmm. Um, and that was always something uh, I'd always wanted to make, horror film. I didn't think that many were made in in the East Coast. Uh, A lot of them, you know, Larry Fessenden kind of makes movies in this, horror films in this area, but beyond him, it's kind of, it's not a lot of them, but I've always, I've always loved horror films uh, since I was a kid. I blame my parents, uh, but yeah.
2: You could blame your parents on a lot of things. I mean, at least that's a good thing to blame your parents
0: on. 100%. I have have good parents.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What about you? What about you? Yeah, I mean, I,
1: I, well, I like horror, and I've always liked horror, but I didn't know what a horror buff was until I met Jeff. I mean, he—it <laughs> was just a different category. My my tastes are highly varied. Um, that's probably evidence for the, the different types of movies that I've made. But it wasn't really necessarily the horror <laughs> aspects of the Beach House that attracted me to it. It really was the tone uh sort of the patient build the character interaction and of course i you know i did find it very scary and loved when the shit hit the fan but <laughs> in many ways it did remind me of kind of that build of uh that we've had and take shelter in movies like that that attracted to me it uh, me to it even more than the, than the scary parts but you know uh, since since The Beach House, since we made it, I feel like I've been paying a lot closer attention to horror films, and, <laughs> and I am a fan now.
0: And, it, I mean, I would even say, just to go take shelter and compliance, and this was something I kind of talked about with Sophia, uh, Compliance is another film that Tyler uh, produced. Those, both of those films, while not being horror films, mm-hmm. if you put a little more pepper in them, I mean, they're, they are very disturbing and very intense uh, experiences. And I think one of the things that I liked about Tyler and Tyler's takes on, take on things is that that kind of grounding, you know, adding that element to a horror film is something that I hadn't really seen before and something that I, I was really uh, interested in as a filmmaker. So as much as Tyler wasn't necessarily a horror buff, his sensibilities, I think, lent themselves very well to uh, you know, things that I, I didn't necessarily see in horror films that I was watching at the time. Uh, which was always, you know, I wanted to make a movie that I hadn't seen before.
1: And, and I think with good horror, you always want to feel like there's something else going on thematically, at least the types of horror films that I like. And, and I think, you know, also just, you know, that was obviously happening and happening in a movie like take shelter, but it was something we talked a lot about with the beach house too, that there was this subtext to it where, you know, you could call it uh, political, whatever, whatever you want, but this idea that these characters were being exposed to a changing environment and just change in general and how that concept was impacting each of them and revealing their character and what that meant to their little community as a whole and ideas that I think were, you know, relevant then, certainly more relevant than ever now. But that was a big thing that we were able to kind of get into the the other layers of the film at a at a script level. And I think it does come through in the the finished product.
2: Yeah. And I mean it is for for the beach house, it is atmospheric. I mean from from almost like the first few frames or the first like scenes of this film, I, I knew we were gonna go for something a little bit different where I I kind of had a feeling where we were going with it, but you guys kept throwing a bunch of different curveballs and everything like that. So it was definitely a fun genre bending type of thing where you had thriller elements, you had monster elements, you had different elements. And of course, we're not getting into spoilers. We're not going to do anything like that. (laughs) But it it, (laughs) it it collects in a lot of ways the genres that I grew up with as well too. And I'm sure you did, Jeff and Tyler, as a, you know, coming into the horror genre a little bit later in the game, but at least taking those elements and making it fun and blending in a a great way. Um, Now with that, what was, what was production like? I mean, you guys work with a very small cast. I mean, you have four principal actors basically, and it's taking place in a very idyllic beach community and everything like that. So how did you guys kind of settle on the kind of uh, setting or the location you guys picked? Uh, Was that very specific and you wanted that? And the actors, like, how did you settle on, the four actors to be your principal uh, characters as well.
0: Uh, well
2: I, know, I, I know it's a loaded question. It's, it's a lot going on. T- that.
0: Tyler, you go first.
1: <laughs> well, I was gonna just talk a little bit about uh, where we ended up setting the film, which was in, uh, we were able to shoot it in Cape Cod. We had another one of the uh, producers, uh, Andrew Corkin had a, a family connection to the town where we we were able to shoot and that went a long way we we were able to carve out a little kind of island for ourselves in this community that was already quite desolate in the off season very much in the off season so it it contributed really in exactly the way that we needed for the for the atmosphere of the film there wasn't you know a lot of times with these movies, these productions, you're, and Jeff, you know, can speak to this as well, you're, you're trying to clear people away and distractions and, you know, we, we already sort of had that baked into this environment and obviously a beautiful spot and uh, just a really great place to shoot.
0: Yeah, there are, there are definitely challenges. I mean, when you make a, a small, you know, a smaller movie, we, we shot it in essentially three weeks so it's it's very much a sprint um, mm-hmm. and the one thing that is is idyllic as we liked Cape Cod the weather there was I, I felt pretty unforgiving um, and we had a lot of uh, <laughs> constraint not constraints but you know usually when you shoot it's either if it's raining you go to cover mm-hmm. or you know and we didn't really have the house was our cover essentially so yeah. Uh, and then we also had some factors like we had the scenes with fog. it needed to be not windy, and Cape Cod is right on the ocean. Yeah. so <laughs> it's always a little windy. and um, you know, it, it was also to convey kind of warmth. You need it to be sunny. and Cape Cod's also, in the time we were there is very overcast. So the, kind of the design of the film from that respect was to be flexible so that if we had a sunny day, we could go down to the beach and shoot it. and if you know, when we had the fog days, we were really watching the wind because if you get over three miles an hour, the fog isn't going to stick. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you, you're you never going to have the perfect scenario for filming, and, and you really kind of just got to, you just got to go for it. And uh, and that's what we we wound up doing. And, and really, I, it, it worked to our, advan- I mean, it didn't work to our advantage because we had to adjust a lot, but it was still, you know, we made the movie regardless of these kind of challenges. Um, and Similarly with Ken- a Highly I was
1: just gonna say it really was a highly adaptable crew. I mean we we I don't think we anticipated the effect of the wind on the fog as an example until you know it really was when we were into the fog tests and the and the scenes that we, we understood that but we would shift some of the shooting locations to more Out of enclosed outdoor areas or little valleys and things like that, to to maximize the the effect. I think everyone really kind of rolled with the punches in that regard. And Jeff, you you kept your cool throughout. That's that's the that's what you want out of out of your leader. So that that was great.
2: Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't easy. First first time director. It's like this fog is killing me. I can't believe the thing that was going to give the most. It wasn't the actors. It wasn't anything else. It was the fog and the wind. That that was the biggest factors in the film I, I <laughs> That's was true right
0: it, it, it was it was and I, it's like one of those things where the movie's about kind of the natural elements so I think mm. there's a couple of times where I was like staring at the ocean like just like come on please <laughs> and um I mean in prep though you know I I to be honest I thought there would be some natural more natural fog than we than we got in prep we had a beautiful foggy day and I was like oh man we should be shooting now and then I don't think we had another one <laughs> throughout the entire <laughs> shoot I don't think it was ever foggy again um, but it was just one of those things, and our our art department, who is also the effects department, we just had the, like, eight fog machines just, you know, going on lawnmowers, and they were just running around, turning them on, and, and we would just shoot it, you know, try to shoot as quickly as we could to get the, the fog before we, then we'd run out of juice. It, it was just, it was very challenging in that, that respect. I
1: mean, three I'm weeks. Sure so, it was really I'm healthy old. air quality for everyone, the lawnmowers and, yeah <laughs> great to be breathing that all yeah. day but it worked it's, it's a lovely uh, this lovely cr this yeah casting <laughs> though <laughs> right casting <laughs> jets i mean we didn't we didn't use uh, it wasn't a traditional casting process and that we didn't really have a casting director doing the heavy lifting helping us line up auditions we we were just kind of eyeing actors that we thought would be right for the part that we had seen in, in other TV shows and movies, and we had support at the talent agencies uh, and some relationships there, and so we were able to get submissions of of you know some really great names and great actors, and our actors were willing to to audition for these parts, and they were the they were the best ones. I don't know. Jeff, how did you see that process?
0: Yeah, I, I, it was you know definitely a little seat, seat of our pants. Uh, I think, I don't think we had any, rehe- there was no rehearsal or table read. It was really hmm. kind of throwing them into it and kind of taking that energy and and kind of finding it on the go, which is kind of another, it was also tricky because we were prepping it in New York and then shooting it in, in Massachusetts. And a lot of the actors are coming from LA. Hmm. I think Marianne came from Ohio. So it's, Coordinating that was kind of a a massive undertaking that I really had no part of. Uh, so I would just meet them when they showed up, um, but it was uh, you know it was there was an energy to it uh, that that really comes off, and and I think you can see it in the performance. And we were just very fortunate to uh, have actors who were willing to kind of be patient with me and and you know take a chance at the script and 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 kind of find the roles uh, as we were as we were on our feet. So it was. It was great. It's just very much a rush when you're uh, when you're kind of under the time constraints that we were under.
2: Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, I mean, having Jake Weber in the cast that that was that that must have been pretty fun and to have him because I mean he's I mean in, at least in the horror genre I mean I I first saw him in Dawn of the Dead, you know the remake and everything like that, and he brought like a very grounded level of acting to the whole thing and even even just just everybody in the cast was really great. Everybody played off of each other and. I don't know the, the the sense of dread I got from the entire time too. It, it was just a lot of fun, and I don't know. Overall, I just felt like with such a small cast, everybody brought twenty five percent. Everybody brought one hundred percent collectively to everything. Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah and mean, they're all
0: they're they're four very different actors too. Yeah. The acting style. Um, I learned a lot about actors making the movie because um, I, I even though doing production, you're really kind of removed from actors. In fact, mm-hmm. it's almost you don't really my kind of production background is like you don't speak to actors really and it's not that they're it's just you don't know what they're doing you know i think acting is a very delicate their uh,
2: process is different than you going to talk to them about things
0: and and i always saw it as a respect it's like give them their space you know i my job is in, in in production is is relatively defined whereas they they might be crying in this, in, in our movie. I mean, it was a very physical making horror films. is very physical, mm-hmm. uh, especially for Noah and Liana and, you know, Jake had to do some, there's some physical things to his role too. And and Marianne, who was especially her. Big, yeah. <laughs> she, you know, she was great. And it's, it's uncomfortable. It's not like, you know, the great actors aren't, they're not really acting, you know, they're, they are in the moment. And so when uh, Marianne, you know, goes through those things. She was going through that and I don't want to give too much away. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, you know, there, and we had stunt players and we had a great stunt coordinator, but it's a very, it's a very physical movie. Making horror films is very physical, uh, but they were all very, very uh, patient and game. So it was great.
2: Um, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Tyler I mean you you were probably more in in, um, in the in the act in the actor uh <laughs> actor regiment and everything dealing with the actors than uh than Jeff probably was in some ways
1: <laughs> Yeah I mean in some ways for sure we obviously wanted to take care of them as best we could when they weren't uh you know doing their scenes and I think the key was that everyone was really on the same page from day one with what the movie was going to be, not only creatively but just the logistics of the production, the limitations that we had from, you know, a resource standpoint, the urgency of the schedule, uh, the lack of prep time, <laughs> all of these, <laughs> yeah. all of these things that, you know, were ostensible challenges. I think were were not surprises to people. They were sort of bought into to what the limitations were and embrace them in a way that I think translated to even stronger performances. As Jeff said, just you know, the idea that these were characters that really hadn't spent time together prior to the shoot. And then from a story standpoint, we're being asked to kind of replicate that dynamic. It came more naturally, perhaps. Um, you know, just things like that. They were in a, an environment that they hadn't gotten used to much ahead of time. So they were able to convey maybe a certain fresh reaction to the, to the changing, uh, aspects of that on screen. So things that I think were, you know, can be challenges that were, that were turned into really kind of positive things on screen. And that there's a testament to the professionalism of, of the group. Mm.
2: Yeah. Now, with, with the script and the story, did you keep anything hidden from the actors about how their reactions were going to be? Because there, there's some crazy stuff that kind of goes on in this film. I don't know if there was anything that was like, hey, we're going to kind of you know bury the lead a little bit and kind of let you guys figure this out and let you play it out as you will. Or was there kind of like, here's your direction, here's what I want you to do. Or was there were there, were there moments of like, here, take this element and run with it and do what you can? Because like the one thing I think about is, you know jake you know going off into the water type thing was that something that was like do do how you want to do it or was it like here's a how here's how i want it to be done type thing
0: uh
2: i don't know i don't know it's it's (laughs) it's, 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 i know that's another loaded question in some ways but i mean i know sometimes with directors they don't they kind of bury the lead on certain things and they don't want a actor to know exactly how the scene goes and they want them to kind of I figured out themselves in some ways
0: I, I liked I mean I'll I when I whenever I watch the movie and I've, I've seen it a lot um <laughs> but every time sure. there's like little things that they do you know it wasn't the movie I wanted it to have the feel of something that was improvised mm-hmm. um there that was kind of a trend in indie films for a while where they had these kind of improvised films about young people who weren't really doing much. And so I, I kind of wanted it to have that feeling, but the movie was not improvised at all. Okay. Uh, it was very scripted. And um, I think, you know, I think when you have, I, I'm not, uh, improvisation in movies, I think is very dicey. I think some directors do it really, really well and, and others don't, I, you know, I can't even think off the top of my head who does, I guess like maybe Judd Apatow does like improv, but that's a,
2: that's with, with comedy type thing comedy
0: it, it's much different that horror is plotted you know it's a very plot driven uh genre and that was i mean kind of with our film tried to hide the plot actually mm-hmm. for the first you know half or so of the film I, I that was one of my what i really wanted it to feel like um but yeah i mean i think that in dealing with actors and you when you give them the line you know, they're all kind of trained not to Im- improv in a way mm-hmm. you want them especially you know they, they want the lines in a way it, it helps them uh perform if they know what they're going to say i think in, in a lot of cases and in this one and then it, it freed them up to give like a little you know looks or moments or beats that weren't scripted necessarily that really elevated uh you know some of the some of the lines uh better than i could have ever written them or or, or given them direction to do
2: yeah i just feel sometimes and i think like there horror. was yeah. a go ahead tyler i'm sorry I...
1: Uh, Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to say that, um, you know, because of the the physical nature of of the movie in many scenes, uh, we really, Jeff, I mean, correct me if, if I'm wrong on this take, but I mean, we were sort of forced to be in a position to really block these things out in a, you know, highly constructed way ahead of time. So, you know, just by virtue of what the actions were even if you put the sort of the dialogue aside we we almost had to kind of prep them and or you did rather in a very specific way that didn't necessarily allow for a lot of leeway i guess
0: i i would agree with that <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. well the thing i always think about <laughs> yeah. horror and stuff
2: like that is that you can have great acting in horror but you can have overacting in horror so it's a matter of keeping it kind of very natural in a way so I guess to, to my to my point in my head I feel like if there are certain things that were hidden away it might elicit a stronger reaction or a more visceral reaction of horror or dread or terror or something like that because everything in the acting seems very authentic I mean I mean I sometimes in horror movies it's like oh my god this is like overacting I can't I can't deal with like these oh my god you know it's just one of these ridiculous things but everything throughout the film I felt was like yeah, there's there's some there's some shit going on right now and <laughs> you know and they, and they were acting that out in in a very believable way which i appreciate it just kind of lends credence to you jeff being behind the camera and you know you uh tyler picking the right actors uh for the job to do
1: to get it done so um oh, thank you and and to that point i think um in terms of some of like the body horror elements of it mm-hmm. i mean they weren't Jeff, they weren't really exposed to what some of these props or effects or things like that were going to look like ahead of time. So there, there's definitely, what there was some truth um, to, you know, it's not like they were seeing it for the for the first time, right? You know, when, um, you know, we, we would say action, Jeff would say action, but it would certainly be, it wasn't long before that, that they were getting their introduction to some of these, element so you
0: know i would agree with that <laughs> yeah that
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm trying it's hard to this is a tough movie to keep uh all of the spoilers out of
2: yeah it, 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 I, I know we're, tre- <laughs> we're, tre- we're treading on like you know uh we're, we're treading on territory where it's like i'm trying to still keep this cool and not not have it because i right. feel like half the fun in this film is kind of seeing the journey of how it goes because uh, on on the surface, it's, it's like oh, the beach house. It, it could be anything. I mean, this could be anything from a slasher film to turning into something else entirely. And I think that's what's fun about it is that it's very hidden. It's it's well paced, and it, it goes in one direction. Like the first act is kind of like wow well, I mean, this is going in, in some crazy way, and then the middle is you know kind of setting you up for the for the end. Um, now, I, I guess when people do watch this, when they when they finally watch it on Shutter, you know. This upcoming week, I guess to that point, how was it working with, I guess Shutter to get this distributed with them? Like, what was the partnership kind of with allowing them to pretty much take your baby and say, "Well, you guys are going to have the rights to my film right off the bat when it premieres," type thing. What, what was that kind of like? What, were you excited? Were you did you have trepidation? Was it like this great partnership? You know, how how did that kind of thing kind of go?
0: I'll I'll just say I was thrilled. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean look it's hard
1: to get any movie distributed commercially and the fact that you know the sort of premier uh streaming platform for this genre was was in love with the film and wanted to release it was was huge um and you know obviously we're all missing having the option of of going to the movie theater these days it's a very tough time in in a lot of ways. But, you know, we had made this deal for this movie to release exclusively on Shudder well before the pandemic. And, you know, who would have known that this was the way that all movies were being seen yeah. these days, <laughs> obviously with the exception of, you know, drive ins and some other things. But but um it kind of just fell that direction uh as a, as an accident. But you know, Shutter is fantastic great team they've been super supportive from the outset um they've done a really nice like marketing push for the film and uh, i couldn't be happier
2: i mean i i'm excited for everybody to walk to watch it i mean we are in strange times as as cliche as it sounds in in this day and age and everything with everything going straight to streaming so everything that was going to be in the theater is now going straight to streaming I mean, did you guys initially have an idea for maybe a theatrical, a like small theatrical run with this, or was was your mind always kind of on let's go to streaming because that's where the future kind of is with this film?
0: I I mean, you always want yeah, uh, yeah. It, you, you always want a theatrical release, mm-hmm. uh, but I think in the in you know I'm I live in in New York, so I think there are more avenues for kind of smaller films to come out mm-hmm. theatrically here. I I don't know beyond cities if, you know, small films don't really have much of a chance in, uh, in theaters these days. And it's just kind of a, you know, it's hard to compete with something that's coming out in, you know, 3,100 or or 4,000 screens and your film, you know, something that's small and intimate like our film would be kind of swallowed by that. I mean, horror films do, do always kind of do well, but even the small ones, like, I don't. Mandy, I think, had a very small theatrical release, yeah. if that. So, I mean, you always want that, but at the same time, I kind of, I, I wasn't holding my breath for it. I, I you know, I always kind of saw it as a, as a much smaller uh, type of thing, and, and an intimate film that I think would play very well on, on a, uh, a home theater
1: and And we were fortunate enough to be able to get some some big screen festival screenings in before mm-hmm. that was no longer something that was happening. Um, so we did have the experience of watching the film in uh, you know packed theaters with a enthusiastic audience. and that was really thrilling. But you know i'm I'm no longer um, all that precious about theatrical release for, for independent films. I mean, I, to me, it's there are some movies that really need, that are designed for the big screen. Um, some, you know, movies that have just tremendous scale and scope. And, you know, I'll probably be somebody that makes my way to the theater for the new Chris Nolan film. But, <laughs> um, but for, for the most part, you know, I think movies can really be enjoyed On big TVs with great home sound systems as well, Um, and so many people have that now. And I think that the beach house is is going to play great for for home video, home streaming audiences, and Shutter's audience. I think it's kind of the perfect fit.
2: I mean, I enjoyed it on my on my on my big screen. I had my headphones in. And, you know, just something with some good surround sound. Everything sounded great. The mixing was great and everything. So, I mean, it the the home, the theater experience, I mean, I don't know, I've been going to the movies for, I don't know, 30, 30 years, my 36 years <laughs> of, of my existence on earth. And I'll, I'll always enjoy it. It will always be one of these things that's near and dear to my heart. But it is just, if this pandemic and this everything has taught us anything, it's just the power of the technology where you can in, in the immediate, like, you know, it's like, I, I want to watch this right now. I'll, I'll pay whatever it, it takes to pay for something as well too. So I hope the theater never goes away. If it's maybe just, it just feels like it's going to contract.
0: It, it, it'll be bad. I'm sure, you know, we've, we're in a, a weird place and I'm sure going, you know, ever, I love going to movies too. You know, it's seeing a horror film the day it comes out at like noon is by I myself. It. Is by yourself, my it's great. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I think that we're just at a very odd time and, and you know, it, it's going to, things will come back, but we've got to, you know, we have to, to you know, figure out the, the coronavirus before we start doing anything like that. Um, so, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's coming.
2: At some point, we'll figure this
1: out. I actually have been to, uh, I'm in based in northeast Ohio right now and and they have several really great drive-in movie theaters around mm. here and the Beach House has played drive-ins too and uh, I've gone to a bunch in the last uh, couple months it's been it's been cool you know we're definitely in a time where we we'll look at some of these alternative ways to to watch movies but there are some fun ways
2: who would have thought that the drive-in would have its resurrection through this whole thing i mean it was from a bygone there's still something very precious and charming about the whole thing but there's so far and few between and now so many other places are just thinking like why don't we just hang a big old blanket up on the thing we'll do We'll project our own and just have people hang out in their cars and do that i mean it's i hope in some way, it brings the old days back again. I don't know. What's old is new again. Who knows?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't been to a drive-in since I was, you know, like a, a kid, a little kid. And I remember the, you know, the way that they had the sound hooked up back then were like these posts with speakers. It was just so bad. I remember. But now, having had like a, you know, 30-year layoff on, on the experience, they've updated the tech and uh you guys probably everyone knows this but it's you know through your your radio station in your car and it's like pristine and it's it's it was enjoyable
2: i coming back again um so i guess parting words uh about the Beat house um what it's so hard to talk about this film without giving stuff up, you know, it's like, I want to talk about it so bad, but we can't talk about it yet. (laughs) It's like, I don't want to spoil anything. But um, at at the end of the day, I mean, I want to talk about influences, but influences can go too deep and everything like that. But um, we could talk a little bit about the influence of what you guys really like wanted to put out there, like who influenced you to make this film? Like, what were you going for? And is, are there, I don't want to say are there political things behind it, but like, like, what's the kind of like the ultimate thought process when you directed it, you when you wrote it, and you put it on screen? Like, what, were you just hoping to go for like straight up horror? Were you trying to talk about something deeper than than that? Because I mean, horror films are just the you know the political climate of our times anyway. For a lot of for a lot of reasons anyway. Go back to Night of the Living Dead or anything else, you know.
0: Tyler, do you want to go first, or do you want me to? <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, well, I I can go and then definitely take the last word on this is your work. But um, yeah, I I think that for, for me, that I'm kind of mentioned a little bit earlier that the the layers of this movie are what really make it work and resonate for me. And I do think that there is a a compelling political dimension to it um, that has to do with uh, this this theme of of people being exposed to something that is changing in front of them and and how they react to that and uh, just the the idea of change um, I think it's sort of like subversive and subtle in the way that it's uh, you know imbued in in the screenplay but it's there for me and i I love seeing how the you know the journey of each of the individual characters um, in the film is is kind of driven by how they react to that idea, and obviously it's all packaged into a really kind of fun uh, horror ride. But I do think that it works on multiple levels like that. So that was that was really a cool part of it for me.
0: Yeah, I, I for me the 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 change the theme about change or you know it's kind of a surrealist idea like the only constant is change like a paradox um and so the, you know i think if you watch it a couple of times you start to see that everything kind of revolves around the idea of people adjusting to change uh you know from the the more direct things to kind of all the situations the characters have individually and they're all coming together um so that they're all kind of dealing with 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 this mortality, or, or, you know, the the, the grander scheme of, of life, and for me, I, you know, something, I, I, I you know, there's a, it's definitely a scientific aspect to the film, um, mm-hmm. beyond just the in, the interest, but what it, how science is kind of perceived, you know, I think that in our country there's definitely some divisive politics about science, which mm-hmm. I, I don't understand. I don't quite, I kind of know where it came from, but I, I really don't understand why you can't be both you know what I mean you can't be religious and scientific they're not mutually exclusive yeah and um you know for me the hero or the heroine being more scientifically inclined is was something I really uh wanted to express she's the one who kind of she you know she persists throughout uh and her approach to it is is uh you know the scientific process she's constantly trying to figure out uh, what's going on, and, and I think that that I think in, in on a political you know realm, if we can kind of rectify those two uh, instances that you know you don't really believe in science, that's like saying, do you believe that um, you know a foot is a foot, or you know it's like it's it's not a belief system, it's it's a process. <laughs> so that's kind of something for me personally, um, and I hope that audiences are are able to kind of be triggered by things that they're discussing and things that, that come up in the movie. To kind of have those own their own conversations with, uh, you know, the the broader world around them.
2: We definitely had a, a crux in in our society with uh, the, the disbelief of scientists and the distrust of government and the just overall political politi- politi- ah, political. I can't even talk right now. It's a tricky <laughs> word. The List. politicizing yeah. of just science and belief and everything else too. It's it's uh, timely. To have something like that where it's like, well, you have these people and, you know, the, the, the two main characters, you know, between Leanna and Noah, it's like her following the scientific process, him more, more just trying to figure out life in a lot of ways as well, too. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic between their relationship.
0: But I think, I mean, Tyler would, I think, agree with this too, but we didn't want to, it's not a, you know, we're not proselytizing. There's no, there's no real, it's not presenting answers to anything. You know, there's, there is, there are, what, what, you know, what isn't, what are answers not to get too esoteric, but like, you know, it's not answering uh, a question as far as I'm concerned. I, you know, I'm not, I don't like, I'm not crazy about movies that tell me, you know, exactly what I should be thinking or that are too, uh, uh, you know, Didactic, I guess, might be, but you know that that was. I we wanted to make something that was a little bit more abstract, and and uh, or I did, and and I think Tyler did too. (laughs) But uh,
1: yeah, no, it's it's crazy though that there is such a kind of a Darwinian aspect to the film, which is you know something that is talked about so much these days, and like who you know what sort of process is going to equip, what sort of thought process and and worldview is maybe going to equip someone best for survival, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of what is happening uh, with with these characters in the film, and then that's sort of a fascinating thing to look at. And the fact that the fulcrum for all of it is is this contagion situation, mm-hmm. like it's pretty prescient in a lot of ways, and um, I don't know, how did you read the future, Jeff?
0: <laughs> well, I, I mean, if I, I was, you know, it was more about my the present, you know, as much as these were, I think also something that I, I like in, in horror films and in films in general are, uh, you know, the personal, especially applied to the imaginative or creative, you know, I, that's what I like about some writers like Philip K. Dick or J.G. Ballard. They're mm-hmm. writing about their lives. You know, the, the, the characters are on Mars or they're, they're doing crazy things, but really mm-hmm. these are these writers, uh, you know, they're expressing how they experience reality. And, and to me, this is, you know, I, I, there's a cathartic element to horror. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to keep the demons at bay, but unfortunately, the demons are outside our door, which is you know not not great. So, um, but that's you know if I could be honest about my own fears, you know I, I would hope that somebody else can confront their own through this vessel, which to me is a completely safe. Um, you know, reading books and and experiencing art and theater and concerts and movies are healthy ways to confront fears and to confront emotions that you know, maybe we can't put into words uh, really well, mm-hmm. but if you see something you're like that, I know exactly how that feels. That to me has is, is been a big part of, of my life, you know, and I, I love all the, you know, the arts in general. And I think that as, a, as our country, you know, we, we can try to uh, deal with, with things in a healthy manner in a, instead of a, a closed-minded or a one-way, uh, you know, uh, a one-way communicative uh, yeah. form.
2: Well, just just I mean, it, just making it political in a lot of ways, where it's like, well, I have my belief structure, you have your belief structure, and neither the two will meet in any sort of way. And I mean, just have, just to be right. able to have a conversation about things is almost a kind of like like I don't know. I don't want to say it's too late to do that. I mean, it's it, maybe with some people it is. I mean, hopefully at some point we'll get get away from just the polarizing. Uh, opinions that everybody has and to actually sit down and you know to your point jeff with art and everything i mean there's a universal universality or I guess a universal element to art where as bombastic as things might be sometimes there's still these elements of truth that are coming from different people's perspective that are still at the end of the day we're sharing a human experience and i mean it could be with aliens or monsters from deep space or the deep sea or anything like that but there's still elements that we can all agree on <laughs> uh, it's strange yeah and
1: and also and nature ultimately is going to have the final say right <laughs> Regardless yes. of final,
2: yeah no matter what you know, your view we're, is. we're merely just you know dust and dust in the wind we're we're, we're the ticks that the, that the earth has on us right now that will just the dinosaurs were here everybody everything else was here at some point it's just like well we'll take care of these pests at some point not to get too dark but we got dark right there.
0: <laughs> kind of a yeah. dark movie, huh? it is, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, speaking of something that's not so dark, and I'll kind of, uh, kind of, kind of finish out with this. Um, so, how were the oysters? Are you guys mollusk fans? Do you do you enjoy oysters? Because the oysters look excellent in that film. Oh,
1: I don't. Where did we get those particular oysters? <laughs> the oysters I, on the
0: cave at the time, which I had many of, were fantastic, <laughs> but
1: I don't remember where the, those came from.
0: I mean, they, you know. If you if you shoot say a scene ten times, they're not you don't want your actors eating oysters every take. So there's a little fudging about w- what they're actually eating. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but but back to like my own personal fears. I love oysters, but you know you can get very sick from eating an mm-hmm. oyster. So I'm always every time I eat one, and I've had a lot. I'm always like, is this the one that's going to do it? Is this the one that's going to put me in the hospital? And then I then I do it anyway, and it's not. But I'm always like, is it? Is this the one? But, Is this uh, the one? <laughs>
2: yeah. That's what I feel like. Well, in, in, we
0: have that. Go ahead.
2: Sorry. No, no. I was just going to mention, because here in Tennessee, I'm from Florida originally, so I would get golf oysters all the time being in like the Miami area. So I grew up eating that. And now here in, you know, being in landlocked Nashville, not really getting, I mean, I, I hope I'm getting fresh oysters. I mean, I had some blue points <laughs> the other day and I shucked them myself. I was like, these tasted good, but I got a dozen of them. I got about through maybe six. And I'm like. I don't know about these. Yeah. Areas. I'm like, I feel good, but not quick. Quit, great quit while you're ahead. I yeah. I kind of did. I was like, I, I think I'm tempting fate here, but I'm still here, so I'm fine now.
0: <laughs> is, is my mouth going numb? Well, that, is that, that supposed that, to happen?
1: <sighs> <laughs> but that super close up of an oyster in the film, spoiler alert, um, there is movement there. And I hear that that's what you're, you know, you want your oyster to be alive, alive. right? That's a good yeah. sign, I hear. So there we go.
2: I love though like the 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 the, the, the clo- up close and personal with all the things like it, whether it was the Chardonnay or the oysters or the the sea or the, the ocean the beach you know the the rumblings underneath the ocean I mean um, I assume was, was that was that taken how were those shots kind of fit in were, were were they done by you Jeff or did you just were you did you talk to like your local your local oceanographer and be like hey man we we need some really good up close, like very artsy looking photos of the sea and the beach and underground volcanoes and stuff.
0: Our, uh, our director of photography can hold his breath for a very long time. Oh, okay. So we sent him deep down <laughs> and, he, and he came back, he's like, guys, I found this crazy thing at the bottom of the ocean. Like I, I'm actually dead now, but it's awesome. And we're like, that's what we're using. Uh, you know, it, put some trade secrets in there. Uh, I know, you. I'm, gl- I'm glad you. I'm glad you liked them that's that's good
2: <laughs> it, it it led to that kind of like spacey kind of just very artsy looking i mean I, li- I like stuff like that where you don't you're not really sure what you're looking at type thing where it kind of one scene bleeds into another and it kind of gives you that it gave me like an impression of like dread and kind of like i was like wor- worried about what was going on because i didn't quite your brain isn't quite understanding what's going on a little bit so i had that hallucinatory type feeling to me so i mean i like being uncomfortable when watching horror movies so I think I you can
1: like, okay some of those ex, <laughs> some of those shots, Jeff. You 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 grabbed in the, you know in post, right? Because the, the super macro close-up bubbles, whatever. That was stuff that obviously we didn't need the uh, background of our Cape Cod set. So I think you guys got those late in the process right
0: There's well there's actually a lot of shots in my apartment that made it into the final cut yeah
1: <laughs> yeah uh,
0: so so yeah that was something else that we were kind of our editor was really great in terms of molding the film in, in those respects and he would kind of give us a list he's like well what about this this and this and then i would bring it back to my bring uh and our, our dp came over to my apartment i think once or twice and then i shot a bunch of stuff on my own with my own personal camera i would get a, a macro lens borrow it and just you know, kind of doing low budget way, you know, just shooting it myself for, for basically, you know, for nothing. And, and just a lot of that stuff made it into the movie, which is, you know, kind of, uh, kind of amazing. Um, but yeah.
2: So, I love it. I mean, you only had three weeks to shoot. I can imagine like, Hey, set up the shot. I got to get this really great macro photo of the Chardonnay. <laughs> right now. I, can't, I don't know if I could do it, but I'm going to do it right now. Everybody's it, sitting on the side.
0: Like, it's, it's a different It <laughs> is a different mindset. It's like when you're dealing with actors, you want to catch lightning in, the, in a, you know, you want to, you really want to get them energized and try to get those moments. But when you're shooting effects or like those types of, of macro shots You'd be amazed at how long you can stare at bubbles and be like, I'm waiting for that perfect bubble to come out. It's like 45 <laughs> minutes go by and, and it's like, are you still staring at the sink? Yes, it's coming. I know it's coming. But uh, <laughs> one
2: shots. It's the one
0: shot. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, we didn't have the luxury of a full B camera unit on this film. So that was saved for Jeff's apartment. <laughs>
2: Jeff was the 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 b roll and the a roll in every other role, so it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly well, I'm looking forward to seeing what other people are gonna think about this film when it comes on the shutter um I enjoyed it I thought I was, it was it was a great time it was thought provoking it had you know the horror elements of, that that wanted it had the, the the just enough gore in it it had enough just kind of what the hell's really going on here type thing. So I had a lot of moments where you can kind of reflect on and pontificate on a little bit. And um, I think it's kind of perfect timing for a film like this to come out as well too when it's all said and done as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, congrats to you guys getting this out and congratulations on the, uh, I guess, uh, impending uh, premiere this uh, this upcoming week. So awesome work. Awesome. Yeah, but- um, Thank you yeah. so much. Thanks man. Hey, thanks. Thanks for uh, joining me. And if there's, are there any parting words you, you would like to uh, send out to the, uh, to, to the public or anything, or if you want to promote any um, uh, social media um, prospects or anything like that, shoot, this, the floor is yours. I'm shutting up right now.
0: It's on shutter July 9th. That's this Thursday. That's, that's all. I'll, that's all I'll say. <laughs>
1: Boom. Yeah, we're, we're super excited to get it out there and share it with people. It's a, it's a labor of love. So, and, and I think it's a, it's a fun watch.
2: It certainly is. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what other people think about it. So it's exciting. But uh, again, Jeff, Tyler, really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining me on this uh, episode of simplistic interviews. Of course, if you want to drop me a line, uh, it's Matt at simplisticreviews.net. Uh, email me or go to any of our, uh, assorted social media sites and please 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 watch uh, the beach house on Shutter on July 9th it will be a, a fun a fun little ditty uh, in a lot of ways but uh, again thank you guys for coming on and just you know talking about the film that you that you guys created it's it's tons of fun.
0: awesome thank you
2: thanks so thank much you guys appreciate you guys
0: thanks for listening to simplistic sit down for more interviews, Reviews, podcasts, and commentaries, visit simplisticreviews.net.